Welcome, welcome everyone to MCU Rewatch, your journey traveling through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me for this episode and for every episode here on this journey, Mr. Paris Lilly. Paris, what's up, man? Hey, what is going on? We're on movie number two, and I can already feel the 11-year gap. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm excited no to doubt, talk about man, this. No doubt, man. No doubt. Feels and, so old. Yeah. And the man who rounds out our trio, Swain. Swain, what's up, dude? Hi. I am uh, excited to be back talking about the Hulk. My yeah. favorite MCU. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Said nobody. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that's right. Welcome everyone here to the podcast. Thank you for joining us here. We are talking about the Incredible Hulk on this episode. This is number two, the second entry in the MCU. And wow, we got uh, some things to talk about, I think, with this episode. This is kind of like the, what do you want to call it? Like the... I don't want to say the stepchild of the the MCU universe. (laughs) It's actually the movie a lot of people I think forget about. Like it's watching it back. I I think when I first watched it, it was obviously in the theaters. But then I I think I maybe watched it on DVD maybe another time. But every time I would see it on television, like I just never watched it. (laughs) I don't even think if it was on Netflix, I would pick it to watch again. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. like what, even if it was that convenient, like I didn't have to pay anything outside of what I already have, it would be like tough for me. To be like this is how I want to spend an hour <laughs> and a half of my time. What about you, Paris? Kind of general thoughts on the movie. What? what kind of Again, it's, right it's interesting because I've probably not watched it in ten years. Yeah. You know, maybe I, I've seen it a couple other times after I saw it in the theater, and that's about it. And uh, yeah, man, it's. It feels very dated. It almost feels like something that we would have got late 90s, early 2000 type comic book movie. Yeah. Like it would have fit fitting in that original X-Man, Spider-Man, Daredevil era of, of comic book movies. More so than, you know, what we come to expect with uh, the current MCU. And this is especially interesting because it was right after Iron Man. And yeah. Iron Man feels like such a vastly superior movie to what the Incredible Hulk was t- trying to do. And I'm I'm sure we'll get into a little of the trivia of how this movie came about, but um, it, 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 was, it was an interesting watch for sure. Yep. Well, I, mean, I think we got to kind of just set the stage for, I think, when this movie came out. So like you mentioned, Iron Man had come out and was just a huge success and, and almost a shocking success, I think, to, to many, many people. And so when this movie launched, it was on June 13th, 2008. You had Edward Norton playing the role of Banner, and that was like, what was it? It was 2003, I think, when the Hulk movie came out, Eric, the first one. Eric Banner, yeah. What was his Eric name? Banner. Yeah, Eric, Eric Banner played Banner, which was I always thought was kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> but but like, so they they kind of had to reboot not only just the the character of Banner in this in that, but um, it just was hot off the heels of Iron Man. And so when you kind of went into this movie, I remember being excited for it because. I mean, we talked about on the last episode when it came to Iron Man, I wasn't overly excited until after the movie afterwards and just how exciting it was. But going into this, I always enjoyed the Hulk as a character. Um, so I was like, man, this looks so great. And then, you know, in, in hindsight, it's it just never, I think, lived up to the hype in my mind that I thought that it was, you know, potentially going to be. And, and maybe, you know, I, we're going to go through here, I think, exactly why that was. <laughs> but um, I don't know. But what do you guys just want to jump it, into it here or what? It was a rough start from the beginning with this movie. Yes. Like, it just comes right over the top and 
comes into your fit. It goes right to the like flashbacky like here's what happened to make the Hulk as yeah. part of like credits and like it was so jarring like coming from like years and years and years and years and years of like the Marvel flipping pages like logo like mm. happening right at the top that it's like having that happen was just like is this the way you're going to like just tell the origin of the Hulk real quick like just right up top like it felt that's probably what dated it the most to me was like that felt like an early like aughts like late 90s like intro (laughs) montage into what's (laughs) happening um but i will give them a little bit of credit when it came to like the creation of the hulk uh i read a little bit further into it and apparently that was created that opening sequence was created because of like negative initial feedback from like viewers like like the first screenings mm-hmm. was like that stuff happened throughout the movie as like quick flashbacks like in anger gotcha and they didn't like that because it was too close to the hulk like the eric banna like hulk mm-hmm. storyline where he had flashbacks so they went with this like front loaded like thing and while probably what was smart for them at the time is like really showing later. Like it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say, man, like that's one of the things that I loved about Spider-Man homecoming was the fact that by that, I mean, especially by that point, you know, Marvel's just like, Hey, we know, you know who Spider-Man is. We're just going to jump in and let you see him be Spider-Man. So in one sense, them doing it this way was kind of, a neat thing because it's like hey we know you know who the hulk is just real fast here's his origin story for those that don't know and they kind of threw it out yeah. there but like you said i think it is a little bit jarring because again we were what five years removed from the eric banna movie and even though it wasn't really supposed to be tied together that movie was still somewhat fresh in a lot of viewers minds and it just wasn't it was just it's just weird when you go back and watch it and what do you think paris yeah, see, I it's funny. I actually appreciate them doing it, and it's funny. Like you mentioned, the trivia of of the the test audiences is what made them retro go back and and add that to the beginning. I was fine with it. I just remember at the time I was fine with it because I was like, I already know his story. I don't need you to retell it again yeah. during the movie. So I kind of appreciated they did that during the the opening credits. Um, and I always felt that this was a soft reboot of the Eric Bana Hulk as if, yeah, it didn't really happen that way, but by putting him in Brazil the way they did was kind of picking up from the a ending nod, yeah. of that movie. Yeah, yep. nod to it. So I I, I actually, and, and re-watching it, because I, I watched it right before we did this recording, um, I, I, I was okay with, with the Brazil part of the movie. I really was. I thought that was an interesting take on 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 the Hulk and how Banner was dealing with trying to suppress and control the Hulk at that time. I, it, it's funny. I was okay with it then, but by the time we get to the end to it, I kind of wasn't okay with it. But we'll <laughs> we'll get into that as we move along in in the movie. But I would say the first I don't know what was that twenty twenty five minutes of the movie. I, I was actually on board. I was. Yeah. You know what I like, and I mean, just talking about his origin, I like his. And again, I haven't read the Hulk's actual origin in the comics in a long time but like i like how they tie in the general ross trying to recreate 
the World War II su- super soldier mm-hmm. program, which of course ties into Captain America and all that. That's going to come in. in this was pre Captain America movie, yeah, too. So, so that's what I'm like saying. So it was like very well nod. planned when you kind of look at it in that case. Like, wow, what a way to kind of tie it all in. And of course, we see General Ross later on in, in the Avengers movies and that. Um, but but now going back and watching this, I had completely forgot about that. That that was a part of so, the film. So so I was going to bring this up later, but this actually ties into it because I was taking notes while I was watching. So this ties into <laughs> a, a good uh, a piece of Easter egg, a, a sport, not a spoiler, but trivia in this. So when uh, Ross shows Blonsky the super soldier serum that he has, if you look at the name on it, it was Dr. Reinstein who had it, which is actually, if I, I went and Googled it, is the code name for Abraham Erkskine. Ur- I, I don't say it right, which was the doc, which was the doctor in the first Avenger that created uh, the, the super soldier center. So in that way, yeah, it was before, but it is, it does make seeds. sense. It, it, it ties in for sure. Yeah. I would say at best, this is like that. It is a tie in to other things and setting up, helping like, it's like an assist to Iron Man. Like, wouldn't call it like a really good full movie, but it has lots of little things in it that makes it feel a little bit more fleshed out in that universe. Yeah. Um, that first, like I'll, I'll say that whole like first section where he's in Brazil, it felt really good to see him struggle with that. And like how he's managing his Hulk, like he's given up on like trying to end his life or like go another route. He's like, I'm going to hide and I'm going to like try and just stay like as calm as possible yeah. under intense like situations. So he's like, you see, you know, training. sparring with that dude. Yeah. And like, tr- like training to stay calm. And he has like the heart monitor and everything. And he's like really, really super careful when he knocks, like he cuts himself and he like the blood drops into like the, the soda. He's like stop everything he's super careful he, like he doesn't want anybody to like experience this so yeah i mean i i like i kind of like that yeah it was a good start yeah yeah i, I think seeing him in brazil definitely kind of grounds him and like you said he's trying to control the monster at that point and doing everything he can because i mean he's not trying to live a normal life in a metropolis type area where he, he you know can cause crazy havoc he's kind of secluding himself and has a job that seems pretty low-key but then, of course, he does cut himself. The blood drops. And, hey, last episode we talked about our Stan Lee appearance. Who's the one that drinks the, the soda when it yeah. finally goes away? you got to have Stan the man drink it. And, uh, yeah, that was have, cool. So that's where they kind of find out where he is. And uh, what do you guys think of the first scene when when he basically, the Hulk comes out in this film? And we don't really see him, though, still. I mean, we you know, I talked about, I think, the last episode and how that was one of the issues with Venom. That, that I kind of had where you didn't really see him a lot of times in the light. You see him in this first scene dark, which I get why they kind of did that, but it's like, come on, we all know who the Hulk is. Just show us the <laughs> Hulk. But, 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 but again, the Hulk, man. that goes into why this really feels like a late nineties movie. It, it, that is classic late nineties type <laughs> yeah. of Avoid sci-fi horror where you don't effects. actually show it. Yeah. 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 You, <laughs> you keep it in the shadows until you finally see him, um, which I, I guess I'll bring this up now. Speaking of the Hulk himself and and just the the CGI that was used, like I was praising the CGI for Iron Man, yeah. whereas like I believe that that looked legit to me. You watch it now and you can tell. I, yeah, I watched this one now. Oof, not not good, <laughs> <laughs> not not good. Just with the standards that we have now. I mean, you hell, you look at Thanos and the Hulk 
on screen in the Infinity War right yeah. now, and you believe it. Like those look like two real you characters. Can see the tiny little hairs on Thanos. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this not so much. But, I, I, hey, I don't like the just. I guess the Hulk. I'm going to say character model. Maybe in this, you know, like to yeah, use like a gaming term. Like there's just something about it that his face. I don't want to say he looks too angry because he's the Hulk and he should. But like we've. Be, come so accustomed to the Hulk now in the Avengers movies and, and Ragnarok and that, that when you see him in this, it just, I don't know. I just, they definitely changed the, his appearance. And I think they definitely change it for the better in the future films after this. He just, he looks too menacing in this, which I, you know, maybe that's what they were going for, but it just, to me, I don't know, going, going back now, it's just, I, I don't like it. It's just, yeah, they, fit. they really went for the, he was always just growling. Everything yeah. they they would always do that again, that 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 late nineties you know type movie that close up a, of his face growling you know yeah. a great moment in this movie and by great I mean it's like terrible uh, <laughs> where the Hulk is afraid of rain or something yes yeah. and he just like screams at the rain it's lightning the lightning and thunder goes off and he just screams yeah. at the sky and it's like what what even is this scene like the scene is just like oh he's just like rescued. Uh, Liv Tyler's character, Betty, and it's like, why is he just like freaking out in the rain? Like, just oh man, I that, like that was my initial reaction. Is like, the Hulk is just yelling at rain at this point, and you you paid yeah. someone to make this. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> so I, I actually bringing that up. I if you want to, can we can we cut to the college scene, which is oh, the, the, the the first action scene yeah. of the movie. And even right before we get into that, what, what are your guys' thoughts on Thunderbolt Ross? Um, I mean, William Hurt, fantastic actor. We love him. But he really came off as he wasn't a villain. He was kind of the, he was kind of a semi-villain. You kind of the misunderstood. I this was supposed to be a weapon, so I gotta go get it guy. But he 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 was very two-dimensional for sure in yeah. this movie. I think he he felt more redeemed when he comes back in Civil War and in Infinity War, I feel. But in this one, he was a very two-dimensional they, character that didn't really have They turn have to him back later. Like they turn him back from this, like in this, he just seems just way too like laser focused on yep. I want this thing to happen and like everyone else can go you know well and how, how much of it do you think is just maybe the guilt and maybe the writing they the writing doesn't really portray him enough but I think their intention was hey he screwed up basically in the I'd beginning of the movie right so he's just trying to get it back cut. it doesn't matter whether it's banner whoever it is like he's unleashed this monster and he needs to retrieve it at whatever cost but the writing just doesn't come across that way. You know, you can't sympathize with his cause, essentially. And so well, that's see, why he that's, comes across two-dimensional. But, but that's the thing they did in this, in that it wasn't just, I screwed up, I need to correct my mistake. It was, this is a weapon, I own it, I want this weapon. Right. That was his his focus the yeah. entire time. And and you bring up the, the writing, um, again, part of the trivia of this is, God, and I'm forgetting who the original writer was, but Ed Norton came in and basically rewrote this yeah, movie. Yeah, and he's not credited, um, like, right? Didn't they say he's yeah, not even really credited? Yeah, and that was part of the issue that he also, had looking forward why he left. Also, they cut cut 70 minutes out of yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's so much movie. That's so much of that character that, like, flesh out, like... How much of that was that origin, angry, do you think, like, too? It, How, there was probably a decent amount of yeah. it that's, like, that origin and dealing with what happened. But that's a lot of that's an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, like there's a lot there that you can get out of it. So I think that alone just shows you like 
why the storytelling is a little like weird. It just feels yeah. like rushed. Like, oh, it's a hook now. Like we're all of a sudden we're all the way back at the college. And by the end, you're like, wow, <laughs> everything went really fast here. Well, there was supposedly a lot more, a lot of what Ed Norton came in and redid was the Brazil and the the journey back to the United States. A lot of that got left on the cutting room floor, allegedly, and he obviously had a huge issue with that, which is why he left the project. But I, And again, it, it goes into what, I know we're talking 11 years ago, but it sounds like he wanted to make more of a character film. Yeah. Whereas obviously Universal and Marvel at the time before they were with Disney wanted to make a true action, action comic book movie. And yep. I think that's where the clash is. And like you said, we're, we're getting this whole setup in Brazil. All of a sudden he's in the Hulk and then boop, or he's at a college. All right, let's get to that action scene. And we're, you know, there was nothing in between to build up the characters and make you sympathize for him. And you know what, Paris, I think that that's just the reflection of, like we keep saying here, the late 90s, even though this obviously wasn't late 90s, late 90s comic book movies, where that's what the MCU now in the later years has been able to do so great is to make these character films. You know, when we look at the last four, five, six MCU movies that have come out, they're all really character films. And we feel for these characters when we see what happens in, you know, in, uh, in, in um, uh, Infinity War and that. And yeah. when you go back to this, it was. You, it's just clearly an action movie. And this college scene is the scene that shows that almost the most. I mean, he is just yeah. running across that field. And I actually, I do like the scene with the sound. Like the the sound cannons yes. or whatever, I think that's mm -hmm. really cool. And he's you know trying struggling tech. against that, and he's picking up the what is it a police car door? What's he holding for the shield? I forget what he's holding for a shield there. Um, but that just looked pretty neat. I was like, wow, like that that's super cool. Um, yeah, but, he ripped that off of. Now I'm forgetting. It wasn't a car door. A it was like from from one of the other it's like a sculpture thing. Something. Yeah, and he yeah. was holding him like a shield, and it threw it. That was that part of it was actually cool overall which you know like you brought up before with the rain thing if you watch it from start to finish eh, kind of not that good yeah it's not it's not it has little teeny moments in there that are pretty cool yeah. um but then of course you got Tim Roth and his character this and you mm -hmm. see that kind of going on. And then at the end of that whole college it scene, and I mean, one of the scenes that actually I laughed out loud because I had completely forgotten is when the Hulk just kicks him. And he goes yes. flying into that tree yeah. and just smacks it into the tree. I mean, that is just hilarious. So so here, here's a problem I have with, and I love Tim Roth, the actor, and the other stuff he's been in. Here's the problem I have with him being Blonsky and what Blonsky was supposed to be. He was supposed to be this aging veteran soldier who had had all these missions and all, all this kind of stuff. He was a badass, right? Yep. They have a scene where you have him standing next to, to William Hurt, next to Ross, and Ross towers yeah, over him because he, cause he's such a small guy. <laughs> Completely took me out yeah. of it. I was like, this yeah. little guy ain't a badass. It's like, what, what are they doing? Uh, that's why he wanted to be injected, Paris. That's why yep. he needed the, the, the serum to be put inside of him. Speaking of. See, again, CGI moment. This was after the kick, and he, you know, he recovers um, from the injuries, and then he gets the the second injection, basically. Mm -hmm. And they show him, they CGI him looking shredded, kind of like <laughs> yeah. letter with, with Chris Evans, where it's make him look yeah, small, you know. And yeah, but they try to make him look shredded, and it just it looks so fake. Again, just a time it's the, at yeah. the time, the way that the technology was. Oh, that's great. Uh, but all right, so then we go from the college, and then of course it pushes forward to um, we got what uh, Betty and Bruce go on the run, 
and you kind of get get a little exposition there. We we actually we found out what you mentioned. You find out that they make, um, which I mean I didn't even know, but Betty is um, Thunderbolt's daughter. You know, we did right. learn that, which was kind of a, a little reveal for those that didn't know that kind of when the movie was was going. So that's kind of you. It's it's another thing to tie him to why he needs to get Banner back. Um, but then we have uh, <laughs> who's the guy? Uh, is it Samuel Samuel Stearns? Is he the doctor that uh, Mr. Green? Or I'm sorry, yes, yeah, yeah, Mr. Blue, Mr. Blue, I'm sorry, Mr. Blue. Mm-hmm. that he's been working with, and so you find out he's he basically wants to take uh, Banner's blood and be able to use it for all kinds of different purposes, and probably ultimately sell it to the military so they can um, you know do whatever with uh, his uh, his his um, powers that the Hulk has. But then he also creates somewhat of a I don't want to say a, a vaccination, but it's a way for Banner to calm himself down. Right, suppress yeah. it. Yep. They didn't really push that enough. Like, I, I wonder um, when we're talking about, like, um, things that were cut, I almost wonder, Swain, if there was an, another plan for that or or even if we ever were to get an Incredible Hulk 2 movie, if that was going to be well, used at some they point. Had, uh, they had a... Both of they had him signed up. Like, they had plenty of people signed on to do another movie. Uh, originally with like Edward Norton and everything. Uh, there was even going to be an after scene where they show Blonsky turning back and like oh. they have him like like chained up and everything and he's like human again and it's like oh, they were going to make the abomination like be a long-term like yes. villain. villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cu- couple things on that. Um, for, first of all, Mr. Blue, they were setting it up for him to be the leader. That's why you see him on the on the ground at the end and the blood stripping into the wound on his head and his head starting to bubble ah, up yeah. because he becomes he becomes the leader. And remember, he's smiling like he's excited yeah, yeah. and he gets all super, super intelligent, that whole thing. Interesting thing you bring up with Blonsky, because they actually mention him again later on in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and in just in the MCU timeline. It was I, I wrote this down to make sure I have it right. So he was locked up in shield the shield in Shield's vault prison. And at one point before the Avengers movie, the World Security Council, who we see in the Avengers and we see later they get assassinated in Winter Soldier, they were going to have Blonsky, the abomination, actually be a part of the Avengers initiative. And then uh, Nick Fury and, uh, you know, smarter minds prevailed. Like I think yeah. Tony Stark even got involved and said no. He can't be a part of it, but that's like in the official MCU wow. trivia timeline. So, so technically, Abomination is still out there, and if they wanted to, they could easily bring they him. They could back. bring him back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you? I, I think at this point, I mean, we could talk about it. I just want to talk about it now. But like, do you think at some point they will bring back an Incredible Hulk too? Like, I think now that uh, you have, they don't have the. The, the rights, rights yeah. to oh, it, so they couldn't. Okay, that's so why they're they, doing it. That's why they're do, doing. They're being it. lent the character. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. You don't think they can make the deal like they did with Spider-Man though, like with Sony? Well, I mean, it sounds like they don't want to because I, I don't know if you knew the story behind this. Uh, they're basically telling the Hulk sequel through Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame. That's the gotcha. Hulk's arc through that. Which, by the way. I, I'm not convinced, and and to me, it's it's very similar to Superman, where I think it's very hard to do a Hulk solo movie because you don't want to see Banner; you want Hulk. You want the Hulk. So yeah. how True. do how do you balance how do you balance between the two? It's just like Superman; he's a god, but he can't just run through everything, or the movie would be five minutes <laughs> five minutes long over, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I think- it, I think there's a balance there. You could find a good balance. I think Ragnarok struck an o- 
pretty good balance at the end when they like he turns back and he's like dazed and he doesn't yeah. like, know what's going on because yeah. he's been spent all this time as the Hulk. But in this, like, I think the big points to hit the hit on in a solo like Hulk film is like him, like con- how he controls it. And going forward, obviously, like they can't retouch on that because, like, at this point, he knows how. Like in Avengers, he has the great line, "Like I'm always angry," and he knows how to use it to his advantage. But um, you're going to end up, like, I think, going forward, like if you if there was ever to be a Hulk film at this point, it would probably be that sh- like what we're dealing with in Infinity War and Endgame is like this struggle between them, like to find that who owns the body essentially yeah. like but yeah and i agree and it seems like that's what they're building up to here going into i don't know we're talking about something that's not even out yet yeah. but <laughs> building up to end game where that was the whole point of ragnarok and then even in infinity war where hulk took the wheel in ragnarok and yeah. he was he was controlling it and then he was like you know what i'm sick of being used as your muscle i refuse to come out i'm not in coming infinity out war. Yeah. Which yeah. tying it back to this movie, it's and, and I, I try to just put it in. All right, we're in the MCU. Where is it going? This is early stage Hulk, where he's still more Banner than his own person. That's why he knows Betty and all mm-hmm. that. But the more he becomes Hulk, the more Hulk be- gets more intelligent and becomes his own person and stops screaming at the rain. Right. <laughs> so I, I, so I, I try to look at this as just early days Hulk where. Banners is still the one that that has the wheel. Which, if you you go by this Ed Norton version of it, I even I even wrote it down where Ed Norton has these flashbacks to memories while he's the Hulk, and they're always violent, and it's almost like Banner is suffering from PTSD. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because everything is just trauma and violence to him. It's not there's not a happy balance between the two. He's actually traumatized by this, and he v- simply views the Hulk as a monster. He, yeah. you know, he, there, there's, there's nothing redeeming about him. Yeah. There's a, um, I think one of the, the few things that I saw when I was like originally going through the rewatch and, uh, someone mentioned to me, it was like, this is like one of the few times you see Hulk use something at a power outside of just like smashing things. Mash. And yeah, like mm-hmm. he does the thing with his, like the clap the clap. Yeah. Which is like, a very obscure Hulk power, like to have more of just like, just a little bit more to the Hulk than just like, I'm going to rip things apart while we all love that. Like it'd be cool to see him do things outside of that too. Well, if you like to see the Hulk rip some things apart, well, I got some good news for you. Cause in this final fight, the Hulk rips a police car in half, <laughs> puts each half on his boxing gloves and goes running at the abomination in what is uh, just kind of a ridiculous scene, but I guess if you're a Hulk fan, you know this is uh, a pretty neat scene. And what do you guys the think of this final fight scene? I mean, we're you know the very end of that fight makes it so much worse, though. <laughs> like if it was elsewhere, it would have been better. But ugh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of destruction, of course. Which if you have the Hulk, you have to have destruction all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean, this end scene really, really kind of, I think sends home. I mean, Paris, you're talking about some PTSD that Banner is going to have. If you remember yourself doing some of the things that the Hulk does in this, where he's crashing through buildings, being kicked by abomination, all of that. Yeah. You're, you're going to be just thinking of all the innocent lives and all the people that you probably, whose lives you destroyed in this fight scene. I mean, it's pretty violent, you know, that when, when you see this, this happening, um, you know, I, I almost wonder, 
you know, just just if this was really even planting the seeds of what we see later on in like Civil War, you know, where Tony and they're talking about all the the that's basically the whole struggle there is that they want the, the Avengers and the heroes to be kind of set in their place because of all the damage and destruction that they cause to the innocent lives. And I mean, sure, in Iron Man 1, Tony's pretty righteous in what he's doing. And we're, we're going to talk about in our next episode about Iron Man 2 and kind of the things that he does there. But I mean, this is just a crazy monster who, yeah, he's stopping yet another monster, but the destruction that he's causing is on a scale right. that they have never seen in the world, you know, in the world at this time in, in, the, in the MCU, which is... I mean, it's terrifying. These people had to be terrified of the Hulk, you know? Oh, of course. Well, it was like, you know, Banner even makes the Ruffalo Banner makes the mention in the Avengers movie that he kind of broke Harlem, you know, as a callback yeah. to that, you know? So yeah. because that's the image that everyone had of that. Yep. Crazy. That's why he's not going back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, no. So, so I, I wanted to bring up a, a couple little, little cameo Easter egg things I noticed while, while I was watching. One, one funny thing that just made me laugh was his heart rate monitor. Exactly when it hits two hundred is when he turned to the Hulk. So it's kind of like Doc and Marty in, in the time machine, the DeLorean <laughs> going eighty eight miles per hour. That's when they go through time. That just made me laugh that it was exactly 200 and he yeah. magically turns to the Hulk. Um, Lou Ferrigno, of uh, course, who actually yes. voiced all the, the Hulk, you know, smash and grunts and all that in the movie. Awesome. He's a security guard at Betty's College. And then uh, Martin Starr, has a cameo. He's at the college when Banner goes into the computer lab. He's eating pizza, and he is also the teacher, the decathlon coach in Spider-Man: Homecoming. And then he's oh, going to be in the nice. the next Spider-Man as well. I looked That's at it like, wait, I know who that is. And, I looked it up. <laughs> and then uh, Ty Burrell. Ty you know, Burrell, from, yeah, man. From, from Modern Family, he's yep. Betty's boyfriend at the beginning. I saw and his then, name uh, pop up in the credits, and I'm I was yeah. thinking, I'm like, who the heck is he in this movie? And then you see him as the boyfriend. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And then a nod to uh, Mr. Ditches him real quick, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, my, yeah. He's back. Banner's back. I'm gone. But uh, uh, Mr. McGee gets a nod in there because uh, Jack McGee is a school reporter, and he's the one that's filming all the carnage at, at the college. And they, they talk to him later. You see him on the news. Uh, and Mr. McGee, that's the reporter from the Hulk TV show. Uh, and then what was the other one? Then Michael K. Williams, who was Omar in The Wire, you see him in Harlem when Abomination yeah. first shows up. I, I saw that and I, and I laughed. But uh, yeah, those are just like little things I noticed in there. Just, you know, again, it's like such a time capsule going back, yeah. watching that movie from mm -hmm. so long ago. I like Liv Tyler, too, man. I, I wish they carried something forward with her character. I, and, and maybe it's because I just like Liv Tyler from like other movies she's been in and all that. Like her actually playing the girlfriend. I mean, she to me... She always just plays the same character almost in any movie that she's in. But, like, I, I wish we could see her more in the MCU. But, I mean, I don't know really where she would fit, you know? Well, see, it, it, it's funny you bring that up because I was going to bring that up at the end. It, it was almost like you have this thing with Betty and then they just drop it Gone. going into the Avengers. And then they really drop it by the time we get to Ultron because now all of a sudden Banner's trying to hook up with um, Black Widow. So yeah, it's Natasha. like, wait a minute. Where's Betty? And then and then and then to go on top of that, you bring back Ross and Civil War. So it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> what what happened to the love of his life? Why have you just yeah. abandoned her completely? So I would love to see an Endgame or whatever when we get the final thing, like she just shows up or oh, something. Could you imagine that if happen? that's what makes him turn. If that's what yeah. makes the Hulk come back out, yeah. man, that would be cool. Wow, that would be huge. Yeah, it's a long time removed. I know, yeah, like yeah. in real life, like. Well, not really. 
like in the continuity, like that's like what ten years or so, like yeah, since yeah. since the whole cool, movie. Though, so like, well, the uh, other thing I think audiences would go, well, why is Liv Tyler in this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have no clue. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's why we're doing this podcast so people can go back and see yep. these things. Um, what do you guys think of the abominations? Just his appearance, him as a. Uh, I'm going to say CG villain, whatever. I mean, you know, now when I see him now, I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I can see where DC pulled Doomsday from, even though Doomsday kind of looked like the comic book Doomsday. Like you look at him and they're like almost one and the same when you see Abomination in this, which obviously this was years before. Um, But, you know, I think he looked okay. I mean, I'm I'm glad they kind of made him much larger than the Hulk because, I mean, that was kind of, I think the whole thing, even from the comic books, that he was always bigger than the Hulk. Um, But I don't know. What do you guys think? Like you said, it's it definitely looked like something from Doomsday, which we obviously know from more recent, but that was before. But overall, it just kind of felt dated to me. But again, I think a lot of CG. Yeah, it's it's just a CG. Again, it's just a product of the time. So, I mean, I try not to, you know, harp on it too much. Um, I just think the Blonsky slash Abomination character overall. Again, we don't know how much got left on the cutting room floor or whatever, but it was just like all of a sudden he just craved this power and he just had to fight the Hulk. Yeah. And it was like, really? You're going to take this experimental thing and turn into this monster with with no pause on it at all? It just it was it was crazy. Like, matter of fact, they even have a scene where Blonsky, once he got the second dose of the super soldier serum, they're on the plane or the helicopter. One of the soldiers turns to him. He's like, hey, you doing all right, man? His face he's is just sweating. so sweat. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And you're like. <laughs> No one's going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. It's just funny. Uh, All right. Well, anything else here on the Incredible Hulk, guys, that we we may have missed or you think we need to cover? After credits. After credits scene. That's right. Which which wasn't after credits. All it is is literally the next scene after he turns the eye. You see his eyes turn green and then immediately it goes. I actually, when I watch it again, I just kind of kept fast forwarding a little bit. Like, okay, is there another one scene here? Okay. No, there's not. That was it. Uh, my my only problem, I like I like the scene, you know, with Ross, you know, he's just bummed out, you know, he's at the bar and then Stark shows up and basically talks about the, the Avengers initiative. But my problem with it is they immediately discredit it going into Iron Man 2 because turns out S.H.I.E.L.D. Didn't, they're like, oh, no, you're you you're don't work consultant. well with others. Yeah, yeah, you're a consultant. So it's like, wait a minute. Why is he the representative for S.H.I.E.L.D.? He doesn't even work with S.H.I.E.L.D. It, did, it didn't make sense. That yeah. Nick Fury would send him to talk to Ross. Number one, why would you want Ross as a part of the Avengers initiative anyways when they've made it clear he's just trying to get the super soldier serum and banner because <laughs> he's trying to create a weapon? That, that part didn't make sense. But again, yeah. 11 years ago, they didn't know what they were doing back nope. then. It was just an Easter egg. Nope. But uh, all right. Well, I think that's it for the Incredible Hulk. Uh, anything else, Swain? You got anything you want to talk about the Incredible Hulk here at the end or no? You good? No, I mean, I want to be done with it. <laughs> I want to put it behind me and never move watch on. it ever again there's greener pastures coming up here for sure but uh, alright well let's wrap it up everybody thank you here as always for tuning in and coming on this journey with us remember you can email us mcurewatch at gmail.com don't forget to uh, follow us on twitter at mcurewatch and whatever podcast service you listen to the show on be sure to subscribe there and uh, leave us a review if you can, because that helps kind of move the podcast up. Because right now, a lot of people should be going back and watching these films. I mean, here we're talking about The Incredible Hulk, and <laughs> we all just admitted we haven't watched this movie in years, because it's one that a lot of people forget about. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, everybody, thank you as always. And with that, we'll catch you next episode.
later.